As always, the Facts Over Acts crew is here, and I gotta ask y'all before we start the show, like I always do, how was y'all weekends, man? Chris, we we saw you living it up. We saw you out here outside having the time of your life. <laughs> you know, they hey, they say the PPP boys outside this summer. Is there something you want to tell us, Chris? Nah, no, you know what? Never no, mind. We ain't finna get you indicted no off the P- show. Go yeah, ahead. no, no PPP this way. But um, if I did, you would never hear it out of my mouth. But um, nah, man, I just outside a little bit, man. Finally get to hang out. I moved out here in August to Massachusetts, and I ain't hung out since for real. <laughs> so that was cool to go. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Josh, how was your weekend, man? Uh, weekend was good, man. Uh, celebrated my birthday. Birthday was on Friday. Uh, had some stuff to take care of then. Uh, had a new gig come up. But then yesterday, I just, you know, kicked it with the homie. Celebrated the birthday. Wait, what's the new gig? Uh, I am uh, an assistant manager of a startup esports lounge, sir. Oh, that's lit. It's lit. My man, I wish we had like the clapping soundtrack. <laughs> so we'll definitely throw that up right now. But yeah, we're going we gonna to give you the physical hand because the old fashioned. The old fashioned. We're not going to say who you worked for before because we don't know if you can legally talk about them, but forget those guys. And we're saying forget to substitute a four letter word that rhymes with buck or duck. Anywho. <laughs> Um, it's, it's, it's an exciting time for, for me as well. I've I've been applying for jobs like crazy and I got a good job, which is like the best time to apply for other jobs. Cause it's like, you're not desperate. Like if you leave, you go into the perfect situation. Right. Unlike some of these NBA coaches, which we'll talk about (laughs) coming up in just a few here. So we, we got a very jam packed show today. I mean, we got uh, obviously both of the conference finals. The West, it looks like the Suns are running away with it. Uh, the East, we got the uh, Hawks and, and Bucks tied up 1-1. And then we've got the coaching carousel. And, you know, apparently the coaching carousel has a leading lady in Becky Hammond. Who would have saw that coming? And the NCAA is just taking L after L, under L, before L, with some more L's on it. I'm surprised Shannon Sharp ain't, ain't drew up a meme with him serving <laughs> the NCAA L's yet at this point. That sounds like a good show to y'all. Sound like it to me. I agree. Hey, Chris, we, we know you're a college baseball guy, so we got some college baseball for you to talk about today, man. We got, uh, uh, uh. We got I, some I, I tell to you, talk about. Yeah, I, I hope it's your school, too. We all right, about. Oh, oh, we gonna, <laughs> hey, listen, we, my alma mater is going to have to be in the show today. But before we get into the show, I got to do the introductions. We got the master of the mix and master, Josh Gotten in the building. That is I. We got the money man, the man the plan, Chris Allen in the building. Right here, right here. And then you got the little old MC, that is me, Kenton Gibbs. What's up, y'all? Have a seat. It's your favorite hour of the week with the facts over at Axe Crew. Now, for we just we got to talk about this off rip. The Suns are up 3-1 on the Clippers, who granted... They are down their main star in Kawhi Leonard. And Paul George has had a couple good games, but is now, as as Shannon Sharp has said before, shrinking in the heat like polyester, henceforth the nickname Polyester P. Uh, what what are the takeaways? Are there any surprises to how the series is going so far? Um, there's no surprises. I think it's just a matter of a well oiled sons machine. Um that, that has been playing really good and really hungry. And I think the the indicator of how the series is going to go is the fact that they was able to pull off the first two games, even though 
uh, the Clippers don't have Paul George. They still have the veteran and more experienced team. And the fact that the Suns were able to pull off those first two wins without, you know, their leader already told us where the series was going to go. Hmm. Okay. Chris, what you thinking, man? What you thinking? With, Ka- with Kawhi, I had this game going seven. Um, and the Suns still winning seven with Kawhi. But, I mean, without Kawhi, I saw the Clippers winning a game, possibly even two. But – I honestly, I'm not really – I don't know if that game, last game, you could count more so the Suns won that game or the, the Clippers lost that game. You know what I mean? Because yeah. both teams played horrible. Like, that was a hard game to watch. That <laughs> was, was a hard – like, I, imagine watching that and then going to the club like I did. Like, it was really hard to do. You know what I mean? Like, just a just a, just a a bad way to engine, uh, start your night. You know what I mean? You better go have fun and then you watch that <laughs> garbage. I think both teams shot under forty percent for the for the game. So I really don't. I think that tomorrow for that series, that'll be the game that determines like if either of those teams in the finals has a chance. Yeah, yeah. You know what? And let me say something before I get into the analysis of the overall series. Dennis Schroeder, do you see what Reggie Jackson is doing? <laughs> do you see what John Collins is doing? When you want more money. You have to go out and do this thing called perform and earn. Mm-hmm. I know it's a novel idea. I know that I may be the first person to bring this to your attention, Dennis. But Reggie Jackson is playing the series of his life. I don't ever remember him playing like this at any point in time in his ever. career. I, I, I'm thinking it's just Detroit Gibbs. Like, whoever go play in Detroit, <laughs> I, mean, like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> I'll say this. I'll say this. To be honest... When Detroit was good, nobody that left got better. Not a single player that right. left. You were like, oh, man, like, oh, Rip is with the Bulls now. Oh, he finna tear it up. Oh, Ben Wallace is with the Cavs now. But they stayed oh. with the Bulls. Like, they stayed with they stayed with the Pistons until, like, the, the near the end of their primes, though. Oh, I hear you. But also, a lot of these players that are leaving Detroit and getting, quote, unquote, better, like, are they really – Let's be honest. Chris Middleton was super young when he was with the Pistons. Like, it, he really, he left, he developed a little bit more. He got a little older, got more experience. It makes sense. Reggie right. Jackson, not necessarily the same situation. But even with the Clippers, has Reggie really been this all year? No. 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 He's pulled out. He didn't even get minutes for a minute. Exactly. This man pulled out a contract year but just minimized it to a series. You know, <laughs> normally, no, last, last series, he was the reason why they won, too. If you oh, okay, I'm sorry. He minimized it to a playoff run. Instead of a series, he minimized yeah, it to yeah, a playoff yeah. run. Normally, when guys in the contract year, they play balls out the whole year. Reggie Jackson earning himself some money, <laughs> right. more power to him. But now, like I said, I said in the beginning, Kawhi or no Kawhi, Suns in five. I said that from the jump because I – I could not see a world where this Clippers team kept doing what they were doing, going down 0-2, and then cut like, oh, yeah, well, we're good enough to turn it on now. Like, you're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. (laughs) All right? The Suns need to be a team. The only game that they won was how? They out-efforted the Suns at every corner, at every turn. And Devin Booker missed some shots he normally makes. But the main theme, if you go back and watch that game, not only the hustle points in the stat sheet, but if you just watch the game, the Clippers look like the hungrier team. They look like a desperate team. Game four, they looked hungry and desperate until about the middle of the third quarter. 
because even with their hunger and desperation, they could not hit the side of the uh, hit the ocean from the side of the beach. Like that just <laughs> right. that was what happened there. So yeah, well, I'm gonna ask this though, Gid, just a little slight tangent. Seeing your team play like this when you gone, do you feel bad leaving the Clippers now if you're Kawhi Leonard? Oh, absolutely not. People, mm-hmm. here's here's the thing that people have to understand about Kawhi. When he went to the Raptors, he got a championship like that. There was no like incubation period or waiting period where he was like, oh, he's with the Clippers, but I mean, I'm sorry. Oh, he's with the Raptors, but they got to figure out how to gel and how to mesh and how to. Mm-mm. That team was custom made right. for Kawhi to come in. They had veteran leaders. They had presence. They had defense. Wasn't Gasol still on those teams? Mark was over there, yeah. That was the last time Gasol was really, really good defensively. And if you look at the importance of that, how did they beat the Bucks? It was uh, – they went down – were they down 0-2? I want to say they went down 0-2 and then 1-4. They was down 0-2, yep. Kawhi was checking Giannis. But more importantly than just Kawhi checking the one up, they had the wall at the rim of Ibaka and Gasol. And there was no way around it. That team was ready-made for Kawhi. All they needed was a guy to roll, to roll the ball out to that was going to get a bucket, and that's what he was. That's what he did. It's just like how when I talk about uh, the Pistons drafting Darko Milicic instead of Carmelo, and people are like, oh, that team would have never won a championship if they drafted Carmelo. Okay, let's say the Pistons don't win in that year. The next, we went to the conference finals the next, what, six years in a row? Was it five uh, or six? Oh three, oh four, oh five, oh six, oh seven, oh eight. So the next five years, or the the yeah, the next five years. So if you drafted Carmelo, what was the one problem that those Pistons had every time in the conference finals? We drew up all the sets in the world, but sometimes you just need a guy need that a you can roll the ball out hey, to. Hey, hey. Young Carmelo, he played defense too. Young Carmelo is solid on defense. Exactly. Exactly. But anywho, um, yeah, this this series ain't really surprised me at all. But now when we go off the court, Uncle Dennis and Kawhi are unhappy again. (gasps) (laughs) Now, with this being the situation and it looking like uh, the reports are leaking out that Kawhi is very unhappy with their medical staff who said that he'd be back in a game or two. But Kawhi, I'm going to take my time. I'm going to come back when I want to. Leonard has pretty much shut it down. Uh, is this the end of the Kawhi Leonard Clippers era? And um, where do you see him going next, if that's the case? Um, this is the end of it. Um, Kawhi isn't a player that's about to, not about to stick around and figure things up. You can physically, you, you can, you can literally see his frustration on the floor in these games to where, Kawhi's having great games and Paul George is shooting five for 20 and these other players that was supposed to come through and be efficient role players aren't showing up and do what they're supposed to do. Um, I'm still... That was Kawhi's guy. That's who Kawhi said they have to go get if they want him to be a Clipper instead of a Laker. (laughs) Well, he's about to be over there alone. PG, you're going to have to figure it out. You better uh, pray they go higher. They go higher um, Nate McMillan because... PGA ain't about to do nothing, man. Um, I'm still not entirely sold on where he's going to go. For some reason, I've had this um this thing for the past few seasons that when Kawhi left, he was going to end up going to Golden State. But now that we're getting closer to that in the state that Golden State is in, I don't really see 
a situation in which they can pull that off because uh, they don't have the money to outright sign him. But I'm I'm still thinking of a few situations that will perfectly fit Kawhi because I know he's not going to make a move or make a decision to leave find somewhere that specifically fit him. All right. If you're if you're Philadelphia, right? And you say, Hey Clippers, y'all got the bread. We got somebody that got a lot of talent, but don't know how to use his talent. Y'all might have to rebuild. We can sign and trade him to you. He's on a deal already. What you want to do? You taking that guy? You you taking the Ben Simmons for Kawhi Leonard straight up? Sign and trade? Because he's I mean, either he gonna go there in free agency. He if, could. If you the Clippers, you got to. Exactly. Take take so, what you can. Something is better than nothing. Something is better than nothing. And Ben Simmons is a lot of something. He's a lot of something. Like, yes, we have cooked him for his lack of aggression, but he's still a he lot does, of something. He just started saying Kassarps. Start. <laughs> hey, listen, all I know is when him and CJ match up in the finals over there, it's the Guangdong Tigers, Shanghai Sharks. <laughs> Ooh, that's going to be some primetime basketball. I'm going to love to see it. Chris, is are, have we seen Kawhi Leonard wear a Clippers jersey for the last time? It's, it's, it's tough to say. I mean, if I'm Steve Ballmer, I'm calling Kawhi every other day. I'm saying, hey, Kawhi, how you doing? <laughs> and, and I'm just going to bring up this point, too. If Kawhi and his uncle are always mad at the medical staff, why don't Kawhi have his own personal doctor? Mm. He makes $100 million easily a year. Mm. Why don't you have your own medical staff? He can have his own medical facility if he wanted to. You know, I know a guy who does have his own medical staff, pays a lot of money for his body. You know, I, I don't know why more people are following that I, guy's I, 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 I don't know. But anyway, aside from that, aside from that, I just, I just, if I'm Bomber, I say, Kawhi, look, this is my plan for the future. This is where you fit in the plan. And this is where I think we'll succeed in this plan. If you, if we're able to connect these dots right here. That's what I, that's what I talked to Kawhi about. First thing I think Bomber could do to help Kawhi get a little bit more interest in staying this Clipper is saying he's going to get a new arena because that's long overdue. Long overdue. Yeah. And it, it, that he, Staples Center ain't your crib. You are yeah. already out of room in the Staples listen, Center. Dog. Listen, listen. And Bomber makes so much money. He could do that like that. It could be done like that. Two seasons, they had their own stadium. Oh, absolutely. I mean, but he's not going to pay for it anyway. It's the, the city right, always right. ends up paying for it. Right, the right. The city will pay for it. So, I mean, but the, the, thing, the thing is, though, if I'm Kawhi, I weigh my options. Has this team hit this peak? And quite honestly, I think so. They have, they're not going to get a good draft pick because they traded all their draft picks. Mm. They're not going to. They're, they're, they could get another Terrence Mann. You know, I mean, he out there balling and he a 48th overall pick. You know what I mean? Well, well I, I'm not holding my breath because there's another guy that had a great season like that. He plays for the Lakers. And he's on the Shanghai Sharks too. He had a great season like that, and then after that, he had to. He's asked to do more, and, and oh man, he he gave you two points in wind sprints. But anyway, I'm not gonna say no names. Uh, a little rhymes with uh, uh, Mula, <laughs> but um, yeah. So if I'm Kawhi, I, I I weigh my options, man. Where could Kawhi really go and make immediate impact? And I, I think. think the- 
I think there's a lot of places for them. Yeah, it's a, I'm saying like where 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 they're instantly, instantly be a great system and they'll gel perfectly. Because with these leg injuries, I don't know how much longer Kawhi gonna play basketball. And, that, and that's that's <laughs> what I was just about to say. Imagine him on, for example, have have the Hawks paid Trey Young already? I feel like he he's not due for a payday no, for no. another year or two. No, I, I, no, they gonna do the Joker thing on him though this year. I remember Joker was only making like one million, and then like as soon as he had that playoff run, it was like, okay. Well, we throw that contract away. We're gonna give you some money. No, I think they're gonna do that with Trey Young. I mean, and okay, so they they could do that, or they could be like, now listen, we could almost guarantee you a championship if if they brought Kawhi over to that team. That's almost a guarantee, chip. Yeah, but but Atlanta, where Ice Trey is the face, you think Kawhi want to go there? Right. But Kawhi don't want to be the face no more. He don't care about he, being. The he face don't no want to be the face. He but he gonna be in the spotlight a lot because Trey in the spotlight a lot. So, but if you're, looking I feel at like Kawhi, that's why he chose the Clippers, though. You know what I'm saying? But if and I feel that. But if you're looking at Kawhi, where can you go to not be the face? Because he did more press, more public things with the Clippers than we've seen at any point in time in his career. Right. Toronto is. I believe Toronto is almost as big of a city as LA. I, I'm pretty sure it's close. If it's not bigger, I don't know how those two cities compare in size, but I know for a fact Toronto is a major market. Not to mention they Canada has no other basketball team. Shout out to the Grizzlies. So like that's it. That's all they got. So all of Canada is behind that. And to me, it, it just seems like he knows his time is winding down. He's got another three years tops. I don't because like I don't see with the way that his knees are going, him being in the league for four or five, six more years. I say, why not going over to to uh, Atlanta or something like that? It, at the end of the day, it'd have to be a playoff team because he's not coming to the Pistons. Like that's that's not. Right. He's not going to the Timberwolves. He's not going to uh, the um, the. I'm struggling to think of bad teams in the NBA right now, but he's, he's not <laughs> exactly. He's not going to the Magic. He's not going there. You know. So and and the place that I really would think that Kawhi would really really thrive in. I don't know if they got the money because they just paid Bam. Miami. If he was in Miami, he doesn't have to do anything but hoop. Jimmy Butler's the leader. Jimmy Butler's the voice. Bam's the heart. You got Pat up there. He's the heart and soul of the team. You got Spo, who's experienced, lifetime. He's going to be a lifetime coach. Whenever he want to yeah. say he's done with the Heat. And it's not just I got a Heat shirt on either. It's the fact that that's like a perfect match for Kawhi Leonard. Like, the Heat culture is just perfect. Yeah, I, I don't mean, see nothing you, wrong with it. If you look at all the other playoff teams, it, it'll be a pretty – you de- with Kawhi, you definitely ain't going to no Knicks. <laughs> Tibbs, <laughs> Tibbs will have a connection. Oh. Um, what you mean you only want to play 38 minutes a game? 38? No. All no. the money you make? This, this is exactly how the contract, uh, conversation to go with Tiz. Tiz be like, all right, Kawhi, come out. All right, Kawhi, go back. Coach, coach, coach. That's like 30 seconds. Kawhi, Kawhi. <laughs> come on, go, go out. Come on, come on. Follow Julian Randall. sitting over here complaining. He right. got 15 second rest. What are you doing, man? Follow, follow Julius. Follow Julius. Yeah, he always got no knees. He's still hooping. <laughs> if you if you look on the West, I mean, the Nuggets don't have the money. They they got Jokic and Murray with big contracts. You look at yep. the Suns. They they probably gonna have to pay Chris Paul a lot. And they gonna eight and eight and eight and eight got to get a bag. The Trailblazers, I mean, 
I no, I don't think they got the money between Nurk, CJ, and Dame. I don't think they got the money. Well, they got to they got to finalize a new deal with Nurk. But even with CJ and Dame, they ain't got a hundred million. Yeah, so I mean, it, this is Miami. Puts, Miami, they, they have Drogic off the books. They they have a lot of players off the books that they could make something work, but they have to move some pieces around. But Miami could make it work. Yeah, uh, if he go to Miami, he always gonna be living in LeBron's shadow there, though. Like you always gonna get compared to him just off the strength of like, oh, I mean, big free agent acquisition type deal. So LeBron rewrote a lot of the records there, though. You know, I remember for sure, for sure. So when we look at the Eastern Conference finals and what's going on there. Hawks, Bucks tied up 1-1. Any surprises so far in that? Anything that's that's like, oh, or any takeaways from that that's like, oh, this is something that needs to be said about that series? No, no surprises. The series is going how how I how I anticipated. Uh I initially said Bucks in five. Game one, Bud definitely got out coach, which is not a thing that's surprising at all. But I think game two we saw what I was expecting to see, which is essentially we know the Hawks are young, they're hungry, they're talented. But when it comes down to you looking on the other side of the ball and it's somebody like Giannis, not every team is going to be able to check that. And I just don't think that the Hawks got the pieces to to check Giannis this year. Giannis has been, I mean, he's been an MVP candidate for the past four seasons. Regardless of the holes in this game, Atlanta isn't the team that's going to, you know, expose that for four games to get to get win a series. Okay. All right. Chris, what you thinking, man? What's going on? I honestly just, if you ask me this in, let's say, November about the Bucks, I say, oh, the Bucks will sweep. The, I didn't even think the Hawks would be this good this year. I knew they'd make the playoffs, but they got Rizzi picked them to be a 7 AC. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were ninth before they hired Nate, so it makes sense. But if you ask me this in November, I'll say the Bucks sweep them faster than any sweep in history. They don't have, like, they don't have anybody that could do anything on the defensive end other than Clint Capella, literally. Like, if you look at their roster top to bottom, Clint Capella is the only guy that plays defense. One on one. I mean, Solomon Hill, you know, he's oh, like, he like a, a, a five inch taller Pat Bev, like a poor man's version. Solomon hey, Hill was always that one dude. And when you watching the games, you see him come in, you be like, he's still in the look. Hey, oh God, oh God. <laughs> if you do not watch the Hawks, the first time was like, I remember it was like a month ago, I saw Solomon Hill checking. I was like, wait, he in the league still? Bro, and what <laughs> he doing with his hair? His hair looks like he flat ironed it or something. I don't know. Uh, anyway, I'll let that man be. But, but yeah, like, I would, you would think the Hawks wouldn't be playing as good. But they are crazy hot from three right now. And for some reason, all three series, Bud has had a mismatch. And he doesn't exploit the mismatch. Tyler Harrell has switched, switched on to Giannis. And Giannis shooting threes. James Harden on one leg, waving defenders off. He's not in the pick and I roll mean, and he switched on. There's nothing Bud can do about that, bro. Like, if I put you in position to get the ball again. No, no, no. Bud isn't seeking the, like, his offense, he's not seeking out the weak spots. Like, Bud oh, is just running plays. Right. Like, like for example, Trey Young, it's no reason Giannis should not be getting a screen from Drew Holiday and Trey Young switched on. So it's no reason that should If I was Bud, I would do that every play until they stop letting Trey Young get under the basket. Every play. Until you send three, two or three guys at Giannis and I got to pass. You see how Monty Williams is using DeAndre Ayton? You see he's like, oh, word, that's y'all big? <laughs> hey, 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 CP, hop off screen. 
DeAndre, run to the rim real fast. Let's let's see what they can do with that. Just right. run to the rim real fast. And, and the thing about it, Monty, Monty Williams, his coaching style this year has been so funny to me because it's so simple. But it's just like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's so simple and it's efficient. And it makes it seem like any coaching ain't that hard. You know what I mean? Like he's doing such a good job. It's like, maybe maybe you shouldn't be doing all these I mean, X's and O's. <laughs> I mean, honestly, honestly, Let's let's be real with ourselves here. The fact that the same eight, nine coaches get rotated around, get fired, and get new jobs and get rotated every year implies that it's not. It implies that it's not that hard. Because if it was that hard, Luke Walton would never be allowed on the sideline again. <laughs> if it was that hard, I, I, I think he just got connections. <laughs> I understand that. I understand that. But these that's a, these a case with a lot of damn near everything in life. And and these these teams still got to win. Like at the end of the day, regardless of how connected you are, it makes sense for you to get like a oh he's the director of HR and like he's never worked HR in his life, but he's the the owner's son. Like it doesn't really matter. Like oh the director of HR has four HR managers under him. They do all the work. He gets all the credit. It makes sense, sure. But like in this case. It's just you, bro. It's just you. The fact that the, the that the Kings have not had the fastest pace in the league with that roster is is beyond me, bro. And yet I, he's gonna get I, jobs elsewhere. He's gonna get another all, job for for all our viewers. Just just to highlight Gibbs' point, go watch Sports Science when they had De'Aaron Fox on there. Go watch it. The way he moves, he, he can turn so quick. Yeah. At a ninety degree angle, like it, uh, it, it's ridiculous. Let me tell you, I would uh, just like that thirty for thirty on running shoot where old boy died and he just kept running it anyway. That would be me if I was him. We are playing straight up and down. We're going to run faster than everybody else. Marvin Bagley is our center. He is one of the faster guys to do that. Everybody on this team, hey, Coach Carter style, just run <laughs> up and down the court. That's all we're going to do. I mean, it's 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 flatly embarrassing. That the coach's situation is what it is, but uh, when I look at this Eastern Conference Final situation, I mean, I'm I really don't think people understand. I think people are putting too much stock into Game Two and being like, "Oh, see, this is what the series is going to be now." Because I mean, it's still one game. Like, right. yeah, you won by like what was it, thirty something? Like, yeah, you won by thirty something. It still just counts for one win, regardless if you win by one, you win by forty. The the Hawks had a terrible night. I don't think that although Trey Young is too loose with the ball for my taste, even on his best nights, he had what nine, ten turnovers. He's not doing that again. Right. He's not going to have multiple games of almost double digit or double digit turnovers where he also shoots the ball very poorly. I don't see that happening again. And also they're the lower seeded team. The lower seeded teams winning one on the road is called stealing home court advantage for a reason. Now it's up to the Bucks to even that back up, which I see them doing, but I still got this series going seven, at least six, and uh, and the, the Bucks win it. But now when we move on past what's going on in the Eastern Conference Finals, we got to talk about the coaches who – their teams are not in the playoffs now. Probably won't be in the playoffs anytime soon. And that's why they got let go. Sans Terry stops. But everybody else, teams wasn't in the playoffs, all right? So let's do a quick rundown of the coaches who received new jobs. The Pacers, 
get Rick Carlisle, the Blazers get Chauncey Billups, the Mavs is looking more and more likely that they're going to go with Jason Kidd and the Celtics get Nia Long's husband. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Nobody knows if anything. No, nah, I'm joking. The Celtics get Ime Udoka. So, uh, with this being said, are there any moves in the coaching carousel so far that leave you scratching your head, wondering why they are in the position they are, or anything along those lines? Um, it's not anything that leaves me necessarily scratching my head. Um, the the Jason Kidd signing is I know Jason Kidd has the right connections and he's Jason Kidd and I also think that he had a lot of good ideas as a coach the execution may not have been there but he had a lot of good ideas as far as how he wanted to run his team when he was in Milwaukee and the direction he had in mind for that team is the direction that a lot of teams started to go after it might have just been executed a lot better um and then I also think that uh, uh Udoka is a good is a good uh, signing. He's a he's a really good basketball mind. He's been around for a very long time, and he's also a part of that Popovich coaching tree. So it's usually not a lot of situations in which that doesn't go, you know, in the right direction. And then uh, I think Carlisle was good for Indiana. Carlisle needed a change. Uh, he needed to change the scenery, um, and that's somewhere that he's comfortable. So the fans will embrace him. He got the right players in place to do something with him. So I think that was a good signing. Um, and then Chauncey going over to. Um, Portland. I'm not exactly sure how Chauncey will be as a coach, um, but seeing a new black coach in his coaching carousel and giving him, or well, as long as Dame is there, we don't know what the status of CJ is going to be. We don't know what the status of Dame is going to be, but I'm excited to see him with the with a playoff team. It's not necessarily a team that's going to move go anywhere far, but just to see him with a playoff roster to see what adjustments he can make to improve that team is is a uh, going to be something interesting to see. All right. All right, Chris, what you thinking, man? Well, as Gibbs would say, I hate to be that guy. <laughs> Go ahead and be that guy. Go ahead. I don't like any of these, any of these coaching moves. Um, mm, none of them. Any of them. None. None. Uh, the problem, I'm going to start for Pacers, Rick Carlisle. I think they rushed higher that. I, I, I honestly do. Um, you're not in a, your, your roster isn't necessarily just like a, a win-now roster for one. Rick Carlisle is a really great coach. He's a win-now coach. And I think just because he became available, they just said, oh, him. I think they need more of a development coach. And, of course, Carlisle can develop a player for sure. Like, look at Lucas' growth. You know what I mean? But I'm going to get somebody that got a little bit more experience and specializes in player development. Because if you look at Carlisle, his teams have all been – Star driven. He got one star and all the right pieces around. You don't really have that one star. You got Sabonis, Brogdon, and Levert over there in Pacers. So to me, it was kind of a rush. He was like, we got to get Carlisle before somebody else do. So I don't like that. Um, then you got Blazers, get Chauncey. I really don't like this move. I like Chauncey as a coach because Chauncey does have a defensive mind and Chauncey does have experience in the playoffs and he does have experience coaching because he's the assistant coach right now. Right. But what I don't like is that I, I'm, I'm looking at another Steve, possible Steven Silas situation where you, you you join a team and a couple games in, your best Ooh. player, Damian Litter, says, listen, we're just not good enough. I want out. And now you're forced to trade him. I, but you know what, though? I don't think that Damian is going to do him like that. I don't, I don't I, think that's I don't. I hope not. I hope not. But Ooh. all I'm saying is Damian wanted J-Kid. And as soon as, as soon as the reports went out like that, J.K. said, no, I'm not going to Portland. 
So mm. number one, that's strike one for y'all, Portland. Whenever Dame want, y'all should have kept it under wraps. Y'all shouldn't. Have, I mean, even though Dame came out and tweeted it, y'all should have did everything behind the scenes to get Jay Kidd over there because that's who he right. wanted. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they did, but uh, apparent allegedly the the uh, word on the street is that Dirk put in that call and was like, "Hey, listen." J. Kidd, you know what I mean? We won the ring together. Come back to where you won your ring at. And he was like, all right, cool. From what I'm hearing, from what I'm hearing, that was a pretty open and shut. Like, all it took was that one call type of deal. So. Okay. Well, I mean, okay. Um, J. Kidd to the max. Listen, it's a good move for Luca, but I don't don't think it's a good move for the rest of the roster uh, because – if you look at teams in the past, J.K. really didn't utilize anybody other than the primary ball handler. When he was with Milwaukee, he had Giannis doing everything, and Giannis had shooters all around him. This team not built like Milwaukee. You got Porzingis, who's upset and wants the ball more. Yep. How do you kind of incorporate that when you got one guy facilitating and one guy doing all of the, you know, the the playmaking? I, I don't, I don't see, I don't see J.K. being a, a good fit. I think he'd be great for Luca. Luca's numbers probably gonna go through the roof now, like we saw Giannis. But I just I'm not a big fan of the fit for the overall team, which is which is valid. I mean, I, I hope all these coaches prove me wrong, but it's just my point. The Celtics uh, getting Ime Uduko. He's been around for a while. He's he definitely experienced. But however, I think it's another rush job. Brad Stevens, young GM. I think he rushed it. There's no reason for you to sign a coach this early when you don't come back, you know what I mean, for a, a minute. I love how yeah. Brad Simmons got to pick his successor, or Brad Stevens got to pick his successor. That's <laughs> cute. That's really cute. Yeah, oh, you know man. what I mean? You I, know I, feel somebody, like I, man. I feel like that was a rush job, too. And I, I, and I feel like – I feel like – Brad should have called – he might have. He should have called Jason Tatum and said, Jason, who do you want? Because it was reports. Y'all saw the reports. Jason mm-hmm. Tatum had a couple different coaches he wanted. He right. wanted Evan Turner over there. He wanted he wanted a couple guys. And to me, when you, when you see that, you kind of don't. Did you, did you talk to Jason Tatum? It's like, hello, did, did you talk to Jason Tatum? <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna tell you what. These new young guys, they different. They're a different breed. They be if you them young guys ain't happy in year three. All right, I'm gone. I'm no longer. I don't want to be here no more. That they realizing money, money ain't the legacy anymore. That's what they realizing. Yeah. Money isn't your legacy. Yeah. Like you gonna make money, build my legacy. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, either way, whether you play at OKC or whether you play in, uh, whether you play in LA or whether you play in New York, a supermax is a supermax is a supermax. So yeah, you know yeah. Man. So I, I just think the Celtics they they could have way more options. I think Brad focus should have been the roster first and then the coach after because we know that roster is gonna shake up a little bit. But it should have because they traded Kemba Walker for a bag of peanuts. You know what I mean? You got all Hofer contract back on the books, but you you save a lot of money and you got a pick out of it. But OKC about to just refuel Kemba and he gonna go to a better team anyway. So now you got to go against Kemba. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I mean, uh, I, I think I think the 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 first point for the Celtics should have been getting that roster taken care of because you don't have a starting point guard right now. Right. Right now, their starting point guard is Marcus Smart. I don't like that. I don't like that. Even if you even if you say no, not Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum play power four. Your starting park guy is who? Peyton Pritchard? That's not a championship team. It's not a championship team. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's, that's a tough moment. So Becky Hammond is a name that consistently pops up in the t- in terms of these coaching searches, and yet she has yet to land a head coaching job. For those of you who don't know, Becky Hammond has been an assistant with the San Antonio Spurs for what going on eight years now, or is it has it been longer than that? Um, I don't think. I think I think it's I think this was the eighth season. Yeah, she's 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 somewhere in that that zone. But yeah, uh, she's been named as a name that people are looking at. And yet she hasn't got a job yet again as a head coach. What do y'all make of this? What what do y'all think is going on? Or is she going to get a job soon? What are y'all thinking? Man, um, I, I don't really want to go here because I know the NBA has, you know, this reputation as a progressive league, whatever the case may be. I think it's a lot of teams in a league that she would fit their situation. And I think she could be a good coach. And it's a matter of even if she don't fit that situation, there's a lot of people like Chris was just talking about. They get put in situations where it isn't where it is it isn't the best for them. But I think that she deserves a head coaching job at this point. But internally, I don't know, honestly, how many professional basketball players or men are willing to be coached by a woman, if I'm being honest. I'm going to tell I you think, what. I I'm think it's you a little what, you you've got a point there. You've got I think point. it's a little different with the San Antonio situation just because Popovich has, you know, uh created a culture there to where somebody with that mindset or somebody that wasn't willing to work with the system wouldn't be able to work in that space. But I don't think that a lot of a lot of teams in the NBA have that culture. So even though I think she'll be an exceptional coach, um, I just can't see, you know, a lot of people pulling players to the side or saying, hey, what do you think about this situation? Or asking their star players, hey, what do you think about this situation? And they're necessarily re- responsive to it. I think somebody just needs to, you know, break that seal, rip the Band-Aid off in order to see a culture shift in the NBA. I'm going to tell you what, and I'm going to hop in right here and I'm going to say this. And I know I've already ragged on him one time, but I'm going to keep it rolling because uh, forget this guy. The <laughs> fact of the matter is, if you're a bad team, and you know you're not going to be good anytime in the near future, and you're literally just like, I need to sell some tickets. This makes sense. Hiring Becky Hammond makes sense. If I'm the Kings, what do you lose by hiring Becky? You're in California, which is known as the most, you're in the capital of the state that people know to be the most liberal. If, If people had to take a guess, they would say the most, um, the most, progressive, the most forward in terms of, uh, you know, gender relations, all that type of deal. California would be it. You're in the capital. It makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. I'll say this. I'll say this. You saying in um, Sacramento. Hello, Orlando. Hello, Orlando. You have nothing. Your team is depleted. You have literally nothing. What do you have to lose? Yeah. yeah, they will stop talking about your team. They just be talking about your coach. Your team will exactly. be off the news, and let let her get thirty wins with that Orlando team. Tuh. Oh, she oh. might mess around and win coach of the year. She might listen, mess around and listen, win coach listen, of the year. Listen, let her get thirty with Orlando. Orlando, if you don't pick up that Orlando, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call Debo. Hey, listen, it's, it's money. It's money on the floor for a lot of these teams that you know you're gonna be bad. Anyway, like right, it, or, you know or, it. You're not looking at a case where you're saying, "Oh, next year my team's going to be a really, really good team." There are a lot of teams that are in that space 
and you're not actually building towards anything. You don't have any great pick next year to where you're like, Literally. all right, I don't want to play around and potentially waste big. But like Josh just said, the Popovich coaching tree is a proven product. It's not a proven Belichick. product. <laughs> it's not a Belichick coaching tree. It's not. You look at everybody from Pop Tree, the losing is the exception, not the rule. All right, listen. I'm just saying. Orlando Orlando didn't even get the pick they wanted this year in the draft. You get what I'm saying? Like, they didn't even get the pick they wanted. And if you had to do anything, they don't even have a coach right now. They're getting Markel back, hopefully, and Jonathan Isaac back, and that's going to be like their nucleus. But I'm not satisfied that that's my nucleus. That's not that's a 10 I'm sorry, team. but in, in the year of our Lord and Savior, 2021, if you come to me saying that the <laughs> nucleus of my team is Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaacs. That's the one only two players they decided to keep on that roster, right? They got rid of Fournier, Aaron Gordon. They got rid of Boot. I would trade both of them for um, a lifetime supply of better made <laughs> chips and two hard copies of Y&J's latest albums. <laughs> hey, listen, I would trade them both for that's a second round and a and a and a and a Tyler Hero. <laughs> I would trade both of them for that. I'm just saying, like this. Listen, uh, and and even if we're talking about teams that win, that could be that could use a pop disciple in their ranks. The Pelicans. The thing, all of the problems that the Pelicans have are things that you look at, uh, you look at Popovich and what he does, he solves that. Brandon Ingram in winning time is a ball stopper. When that ball touches his hands, it's going up. You know mm-hmm. it, period. It's going to go up. <laughs> Pop doesn't even allow them to shoot for like, what, the first 30, 45 minutes of practice? It's literally just a hey, passing, setting screens, learning how to do yeah. a little stuff. So, to me, Becky Hammond seems like a, a really good candidate for a team like the Pelicans. Right. She seems like a great candidate. And didn't Van Gundy get fired there, or is he still their guy? No, he got fired. He got fired. He got fired. So, listen, like you said, Chris, pick up the phone. Well, the like well, reason, why, reason why I wouldn't say Pelicans because there's already been reports Zion's not happy. And and it's already been reports that they might move the team. You know what I mean? So, it's like. Oh, they're going to move it. They, they move yeah, they, the they, they're not renewing. They're not re- renewing their contract after 2024. They're not renewing. They announced it. Yeah, that's why. That's why. why, I I mean, if they go somewhere, if they go somewhere like more live than New Orleans, like a bigger market than New Orleans. But you, you're not gonna get a place more live than New Orleans. That's well, I meant like bigger market. market. Yeah, you're getting. Well, I mean, I'm trying to think of places where I would say Vegas or Seattle. If you want a big market, Vegas Mm. or Seattle. Oof. First they were the move. The move is Sacramento, man. Huh? First thing <laughs> needs to move is Sacramento. Wow. This, you know what? This has been the Sacramento Kings uh, hey. hate episode. Hey. But you know what? It'd you know like the that. sad part. None of what we said has been like speculation <laughs> that like you can't prove. Like that uh, it makes sense. It makes it. Luke Walton is objectively a terrible coach. They objectively don't have a roster that qualifies <sighs> them to be as bad as they've been. Like. And then. And Sacramento don't move with no urgency either. I'm sorry, we gotta get on these kings for but y'all. Well, anyway, Sa- Sacramento they don't even move like they like they got lucky with Halliburton. You know they didn't even try to get him. Like they were not attending to get him. They just lucked into it. It was like, huh? Here's this guy. He's good. I guess he's like. Man, I gonna guess be, we'll okay. take Halliburton. Oh, and, and, and if y'all remember, <laughs> y'all remember, y'all remember. 
He didn't even get ticked until they had some injuries. Right. Yeah. He didn't even get ticked until they had injuries. Then it's like, oh, 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 you, you can hoop. You you can hoop. Oh, we going to put you in the game. Yep. And the sick part is they watched the practice every day. Every like, day. <laughs> they was like, no, I want Bajanovic out like, there. Get him. A, hey, yeah. hey, get off the court, dog. Get off the court, Halliburton. They was, they, they was like, they was like, wow, he can really play defense and he can really shoot the three. Uh, and he can play, man. Uh, Bobby shoot better. Put Bobby out there. <laughs> <laughs> they looked at us with a straight face, with the straightest face I've ever seen and said, let's see Mo Harkless. Put they, Mo Harkless they, out there. <laughs> they had DeMarcus Cousins averaging 27 and 13. Man, and they couldn't win more than thirty games. Twenty. Let me just put that. Any team right now that averages twenty, a player averages twenty-seven, thirteen. That team is fighting for playoff contention. Boogie didn't sniff the playoffs. Didn't sniff it. Like the, the Kings just don't move for urgency. They, hey, give, they, me, give me DeLon right, man. That's the guy I want on the court, dog. That's the guy I want, man. They don't, they don't, they don't move for urgency. Luke, Luke Walton is beginning the, the most slack out of any coach in the NBA to me. On God. You, on the God. Aaron Fox, the Aaron Fox is a max player, and he's not even put like to be honest, to be honest, De'Aaron Fox is like that. But to be honest, he could be playing a lot better. A lot better. Oh, for sure. Like he averaged like what, 22 and 7? Which is solid. Don't get me wrong. You might even average more than that now because he scores a lot more now. Right. But the Aaron Fox with a two defenders next to him and a, a nice mobile big like they have, they, the the Kings should be at least the AFC at least. Because the Aaron, if you look at the point guards on the West right now, the Aaron Fox is you can debate a lot of them at the bottom part of the West. You can debate a lot of them. Ten ten games under five hundred. Stop it. Stop it, man. <laughs> Stop. With the roster that they have, there's no way. And I know that I'm higher on Marvin Bagley than a lot of folks, but that man can play some ball. He is a walking mismatch. He's a walking nightmare in that most bigs are either not long enough or not athletic enough to keep yeah, up with him. True. Not just in the open court, in the half court. He has a handle. You can give it to him on a three-point line, and you're not going to say – yeah, I trust Jokic to keep up with him. No, you're not going to give it to him and say, yeah, I trust Gasol. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, man. It, anywho, it, it's it's an ugly situation uh, out there in in uh, in Sacramento. And Becky Hammond need to get a look, period. Point blank, period, man. I ain't never seen – I have never seen a coach fail forward as much as Luke Walton. I've never seen it. I've never well, – I he mean, was, he was not good with the Lakers – and then somehow landed another job and has not been good here. And no, I no, no, how about how about before the end of the day he got fired from Lakers, he was already the Sacramento coach. Yeah. And I, I'm willing to bet when he gets fired again, he'll have another job. He'll have he'll be, even he'll if he's not Orlando. a head coach. Even, <laughs> even if it's not a head coach, he's gonna be somebody top assistant. He's gonna be somebody's yeah. associate head coach or something like that. Which is why I feel so bad for Steven Silas, man. Oh, he's such a good coach, man. He took his and bumps. He really he did. did 20 years, kids. That's like that's I can't say what I want to say, but that's like waiting. For the perfect moment in life, oh. <laughs> for twenty years—that's that, that, like waiting for twenty years for the perfect moment in life, and you finally get it, and then that happens. Oof. You hit a quick draw, McGraw. You was out of there. 
Oh, that's it. That's all I got for you. <laughs> Man, like, <sighs> like, can you imagine Steven Silas on the Bucks right now? Hey, hey, just give me a second. Just give me one second. I'll be just give me like 10 minutes, man. I'll be good. I'll be right back. That's really what Steven <laughs> Silas is saying right now. Cause Kevin Porter Jr. not looking bad. I mean, if they get a couple decent picks, there'll be something decent. Well, we got number right. two pick. Yeah, we got number you're, two picks. So. But you're right. They they got put in an awful situation. He was put in an awful situation. And it's, and, and it's not he's mm. gonna get fired after about six years, and then he probably never gonna land a job again. Now, 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 wait a minute now. Because when we talk about awful situations, we got to talk about the NCAA. Do y'all know, do you know how bad you have to be for all nine Supreme Court judges to agree on anything? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The, The Supreme Court literally did not agree when they were like, hey, black people and women should vote. I beg your pardon? Um, excuse me? I don't know about that one, Chief. Hey, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, that's an actual thing that has happened. And they was like, they was like, black people, y'all can vote this year. Women? They they start screaming in the middle of the track like they was from Flint. And, And you telling me that they... All agree that what they're doing is unethical. And let me read the exact quote from Brett Kavanaugh here. Nowhere else in America can businesses get away with agreeing to not pay their workers a fair market rate on the theory that their product is defined by not paying their workers a fair market rate. And under any order, I'm sorry, and under ordinary principles of antitrust law, it is not evident why college sports should be any different. The NCAA is not above the law. So that was uh, going for compensation as far as uh, unlimited compensation, as long as it can be directly tied to um, the student athletes, uh, the student athletes education. And then I know y'all two baseball guys, so we got some baseball in here for you. My boys, NC State, hashtag Pac-9, was sent home from Omaha after two unvaccinated players tested positive, then four vaccinated players tested positive. Everybody was everybody who was uh, unvaccinated was put into um, COVID protocols. So they fielded a team with 13 players against the defending national champs in Vanderbilt, and they lost that game 3-1. to one. And then... Literally, like a thief in the night, at 2 a.m., at 2.01 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, the NCAA releases uh, a statement basically saying that this is a no contest, the Wolfpack will not be allowed to compete, and Vanderbilt advances. Which one of these moments is a bigger black eye for the NCAA? Uh, I I can't even... (laughs) It's It's both an answer. I, 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 can't, I can't both think of, of you any, got two eyes. Maybe both of them got black. I can't think of any professional association that would let something take place, let a game transpire, and then say, hey, like we didn't really like know the rules or we didn't really like know what was going on here. So let's go ahead and overturn that after as some as something as major as the the, the World Series. It's not as if there's just some some game that you're throwing out there. But I, I don't think that that one is as drastic as the other or is a bigger black eye 
only because I think it's a very niche group of people. Like it's something that's going to happen every year, but I think there's a very niche group of people that are actually, you know, like in tune with the with the college uh, World Series. Right. Um, well, the I think MLB the, for one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, but I think the only people that this will like, you know, stay in the minds of long term is is NC State fans. Even if you aren't a baseball fan, if you go to NC State, well, it's a pretty I, big now, deal that your this. team is there. I'm gonna tell you this. This is the only time that I've ever seen this many SEC schools band together with True. ACC schools. True, because like there are there are. UNC fans are very reluctant to do anything. UNC and NC State are the equivalent of Michigan, Michigan State, right. that type of deal. It's like a very genuine, we do not like each other. There is no like, oh, yeah, it's cool. You really there's, <laughs> there's none. And right. with that being said, to see SEC schools coming together with NC State fans, coming together with UNC fans, Wake Forest fans, any type of fan that's in the Southeast is all been together like, you did what? <laughs> right. So I'm just I'm just saying it's a it's it's a tough ordeal. It's a, Chris, which one is the bigger blackout to the NCAA, man? Uh, I, I'm gonna go with the the the, the Wolf Wolfpack game suspend for a couple of reasons. For one, why is there no backup plan in play? Like mm. like why is there not no okay? What we'll do is we'll do like. For example, we'll do this, this, or this. Or why is it like no, no bubble, something, something like that, where you you contain the players for for just the, it's the playoffs, right? They and only you know what's crazy. I had a gentleman on on the uh, Wolfpack podcast I ran yesterday. He covers baseball for NC State, and I asked him, "What do you think would have been the best way to prevent this, other than, of course, getting vaccinated or whatever?" He said, "It would have been a bubble if the NCAA was serious about these players' health." It should have been a bubble. Instead, we're looking at a situation where uh, the the ballpark tweets out the numbers and the College World Series tweets out the numbers every day. They had 21,838 people there yesterday. Sheesh. Or not yesterday, the day before yesterday. Yeah. So last time games were played, they had over 21,000. But go ahead, Chris. And then on top of that, you lose money when you don't have these games. You lose a lot of money. Right. A lot of of sponsors – even though you don't play the college players and the, and the games aren't always televised, a lot and the TV deal isn't as big. A lot of the vendors, a lot of sponsors, they they show up and they pour money into this. So why is there no backup plan? There should be a okay. What we do is we will take it day by day or something like that, and we'll just test the players every day. As mm-hmm. they start being negative, we might start bring. You know what I mean? So it should be a backup plan. It shouldn't just be oh well, you just advance. Why? Exactly, and and so even though I am an alum of the Wolfpack, I think that the Supreme Court ruling is equally as much of a black eye as, as the the situation with baseball. For this reason, the Supreme Court never agrees not to own anything. That's that's just the fact of the matter. That you not you didn't even get one judge to be on your side and be like, yeah, right. what you saying makes sense. Like what? Not what? But when you look at the NC State situation, players have been signing autographs on items that fans hand them out of the stands. Let me give you a few. uh, Let me tell you all of the COVID protocols in place for the over 20,000 fans that have been there every day. Let me read them for you. 
All right, I just read them to you. Those are the <laughs> rules for the. Fa- There's literally nothing. There is no social distancing. There is no uh, no open food or drink. There is no no screaming or shouting. There is nothing. There is nothing. Somebody was shotgunning a beer out of a shoe. There is literally no room for you to tell people this is a serious place with rules. As soon as that happens. As soon as somebody starts pouring alcohol into a shoe and drinking it, you have lost all high ground for rule. We didn't learn nothing in this panoramic. We no, didn't learn nothing. Absolutely not. We didn't absolutely. learn nothing. Absolutely nothing. Those people were packed in like sardines. And here's how ridiculous the rules are. If the players from NC State wanted to buy tickets to the finals, even the ones who tested positive, they wanted to buy tickets to the finals and sit in the front row, they could do such. Right. I, and they could sign stuff for the players, the same people who just tested positive. Like, this is, what are you doing? You cannot tell me this is about players' health and safety and all that, and then go do that. And not only that, the fact that there was no transparency whatsoever from the NCAA, you released a statement at 2 a.m. in the morning. The only thing open at 2 in the morning is McDonald's and legs. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Ain't nothing else open at two in the morning, dog. And you're telling me that somehow y'all released a statement at that time saying, hey, uh, this is going to be a no contest. Vanderbilt advances. Like, that's that's terrible. And, and you know, know what? I think a lot of it is they see the NBA just letting people come in. But the NBA phased them back in. And, and I don't think people really noticed. They moved the, 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 the general population stand. They moved it back. Like, right. front row is only two rows now. It's not like front row, then it's a, the stadium. It's a big space between. So, they did some adjustments where they had less players, less people on, on contact with the floor. Baseball ain't just nothing but the teams that was there. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's all, all they did. They and it, it, again, it to me, it looks, it, it is a terrible look. And the... And Brett Kavanaugh saying that what you're doing would be illegal under any other circumstance in any other business. <laughs> right. Yeah, hey, hey, big dog. Y'all might have to hang that up. Like it's it's wraps <laughs> for whatever y'all thought y'all had going on, man. Like it's it's not gonna be a good situation for you. So I mean, both of these situations are black eyes and under over on how long the NCAA lasts, seven more years. As we currently see it, having all the powers that has. I'm going to go under. I think that they're not doing more than five as they're currently constructed. What are y'all? Currently constructed, I'm going to take the under, but I definitely think that the NCAA is going to continue to be a thing. It's just oh, uh, yeah. they're going to have to they're going to have to have some serious adjustment as far as, you know, how they operate. But I, it'll, it'll still be around in seven years, but currently constructed, I'm going to go under. Okay, Chris, what you got? Under over seven years. Ah, I say if you look at the forecast, I would say that I would agree with under. That's a safe bet. I I would I would I would go with under. I mean especially with the especially if they pass this rule where you can go straight to the to the league in every sport. Cause I, I, I heard it's been talked about football. You don't like they've been trying to get it where you go to high school and you go to the league. So if they do that Overseas and to the league, it might be the new saying instead of three and done. You know what hey, I mean? Hey, listen, I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna tell you this. Now, I'm I wholeheartedly forget the NCAA. 
Again, y'all know what we mean when we say forget him. But the it shouldn't no 18-year-old be going to the NFL, dog. <laughs> yeah. I don't care how good you think you are. Basketball is different. Like, basketball, it is not a 300-pound man's job to run through your face. Like, that is not a thing. Like, trust me. I don't care. I've, I don't seen All-American after All-American. You are not ready, son. You are not ready. You Go on and go somewhere. Play somewhere for a few years. But, yeah, I think with LeVar Ball's league, uh, even though it folded in like a day and a half, the overtime league and all the leagues that have been sprung up out of that, as well as G League and Ignite becoming a thing, I think the NCAA's days are numbered. And I think that this moment with NC State will be one of the seminal moments that uh, going forward is what restricts it. And I'm a, we we going to close this thing out. But before we do, I just want to say one last thing about this. Uh, when I played at NC State, Coach Dave Doran, who's still the head coach now, he used to tell us, uh, I will give you all the freedom that you all could ever want or need as players. But let me explain something to you. If you abuse that freedom, if you make bad decisions with that freedom, if you give the program a black eye with that freedom, it will lead to restriction. Now, when you look at what the NCAA has done, this is no doubt an abuse of power. This is no doubt a bad decision. And this is no doubt leaving a black eye on the program as it stands. And that's that's all I got for you. Hey, listen, I know y'all tired of us talking College World Series and Becky Hammond not getting a job and somehow the Clippers still clipping. But come on back next week and the week after that and the week after that. Peace and love, y'all. Yeah,